Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4 says this. If you have your Bibles, you can look at it with me. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Or chapter 2, excuse me, not chapter 4. And verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in, what? Triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Or makes manifest the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Or in other words, that, that the presence of God on your life and on my life is a fragrance. It is a presence that is upon it. And there's something about it that, that if, if I could say it this way, we smell different than the world. And when we really begin to worship God and live and press into relationship with God, at the moment I'm talking about the divine invitation, when we accept God's invitation to enter into His presence and live in fellowship with Him, there is an anointing, there is a fragrance that is imparted to us or that comes upon us, and we carry that with us, and it leaves, if you would, a residue. And it's so amazing when we're there in that little chapel that, that you just enter in there and begin to worship. And, and just such a residue of His presence is there. It's like, man, you just, it's, it's just such an instant flow into the things of the Spirit. Just powerful. And that's our heart here at Solid Rock in how we worship. We want to be a people that press into the presence of God. But, but in such a way that, that, that He comes, that we take His invitation to enter in, and then He comes and His presence fills this place, and that anointing and that aroma of God is upon it. And when we go out, when the next person comes in here, or when people come in, they go, wow, what, what is it about this place? It feels different in here. It's an ugly old metal building. We're going to fix that on the outside. But, but it, when you get inside, there's a presence in here. There's a presence in here. Are you listening to me? But it's because God puts that on us, and so we want to bring and cause that abiding and remaining presence to be here in our midst. And so look at your outline, if you would, and I just want to talk to you in these next few moments briefly about the divine invitation. Romans chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, on the cover of your outline there says, For there is no distinction. Somebody say distinction. I mean, God doesn't make a difference. He doesn't play favorite. He, he doesn't choose one over the other between Jew or Greek, between Gentile or the Jew, between the world or the Jew, between anybody. God makes no distinction for the same Lord over what? All is rich to all who call upon Him for whoever. I may not know your name this morning, but I can guarantee you are whoever. If I just say, yo, whoever, what's up? That's it. Whoever. Whoever. I had to reintroduce myself to Terry and Laura. He's got his chili pot right next to mine. So in service, we're kind of just, we'll, we'll, get, we'll reconcile after, after this afternoon. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but just getting to know. But even if I don't know somebody's name, we're the whoever's of God. Are you with me? And his eye, he just whoever. But what? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be whoever. Whoever. Look at the Amplified Bible. This is powerful. 
For there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile, for the same Lord is Lord over all of us. How many is in us? I'm in us. Amen. Now look at this. And He is. Somebody say He is. He is abounding in riches, blessings for all who call on Him in faith and prayer. Say faith and prayer. See, I have to call upon Him, not just His name, but it has to be a call that comes out of faith in prayer. Look at that. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be. Somebody say real loud, will be. Look what it says, will be, not might be, not could be, maybe someday be, will be saved. Wow. What a divine invitation in your Bible and my Bible that we read from the Apostle Paul. But if you go back to the beginning, you find out if you look inside your outline, God created man for fellowship with him, which means every person. Which is more than just a casual hanging out together. You know, many times in church we, can, we have what we call fellowship, but really we're just hanging out together. But it's not the kind of fellowship that God designed for you and me. He designed that we would have a fellowship that, that would be a uniting of us completely. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and He's going to be with you, and He is going to be in you, and He is going to be upon you. Amen. And when he comes upon you, he comes with his fragrance upon our lives. And we spend time in It's my prayer for this weekend, I mean for this coming Tuesday, that, that we will be people, we'll be carriers of the fragrance of God. And people will go, man, what is that? There's something smells different about What am I sensing? There, there, there's a presence here on this property that is different. When I stepped onto this property, I, I stepped into something. I shared it in first service. When we were coming back, we got to go have lunch with my mom. She lives in Napa there. So we had kind of a lunch, a late dinner. And driving back, we're driving through all the four areas of stalled traffic between uh, the, the Cordilla Junction, 680 Junction. It stops there. It stops in Fairfield. And then it stops on the other side of Vacaville. And then it stops in the middle of Davis. It's just like people go stupid in all four of those areas. There's no wrecks or no nothing. It just bottles up. And then, then it's crazy. Once you get to the causeway, everybody's gone. I'm like, what happened? Back there, everybody's boom, 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 boom. But anyway, so we're getting to the end, almost coming up on the causeway out of David, and our windows are down. It's still about 77 degrees, and, and here we are. And I go, it smells like some bacon butternut bread. That smells awesome. And then we crossed the causeway, went into Sacramento, and Sue goes, it smells different over here. <laughs> Out of that area, and so, but but it was it was just a different, just it wasn't a good aroma in there, and so that area and the water in that area, it wasn't good. But on this other side, it was so great, and so there was a different fragrance. And there's supposed to be something people should notice when they come into the presence of God's people because we're people of divine invitation. And we've accepted God's invitation to spend time in His presence. And because we've been in His presence, not only do we know Him, but He lives in us and He is upon us and we are carriers of the fragrance of God. Can you say amen? So God wants us for it. It means a living relationship. The entrance of sin and transgression broke the relationship between God and man. And each of us, without any choice, has been born with what the Bible tells us is a fallen nature. 
<coughs> excuse me, which just means we're out of relationship with God our Father. Because sin and transgression are the great separators of relationships. Amen. How do marriages break up? Because people transgress against one another in their relationship. How do friendships break up? Because there's a transgression against trust, uh, against uh, other areas in that relationship. Things break up and sin or somebody violates somebody else in the other area. Sin is the great separator. Relationships. But your Bible, God's Word, reveals to us His plan of redemption and restoration for all of humanity. God has a plan to forgive and to restore. It reveals the divine invitation. God's given you and I a divine invitation. All of humanity has been given that divine invitation. What is it? God the Father sent His Son to invite us to be the partakers of His divine life. And in exchange, to invite Him into our lives. Every part of our lives. God says, hey, I invite you into my life. You were created. Do you know what marriage says? A man and a woman look at each other and you invite somebody into your life. Come into my life. Come in and do life with me. And so it's an invitation into life together. And God through His Son has given us all the invitation to enter into life with Him. And he says, okay, I invite you into my life, but then it's also an exchanging of a vow. And both parties invite each other into their life to do life with them. Are you with me? And so it's up to us now to invite God into his life. It's not just enough for us to enter into his life to receive all that he's offered us, but we need to invite him completely into our lives as well. That's the invitation that he gives us, twofold. What does it mean? It is a call. Uh, uh, yet the, so it, it, every part of our life. The invitation is to call upon the name of the Lord, he says, and be saved. To call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. But it's even more than that. It's to call upon the name of the Lord with the assurance of knowing that he answers. Amen. People might call him. We just have a hard time believing he's going to do what he said he would do. Some people say, I've heard people say, I, I know God's willing, I know, that, and I, I know God's able, and, and I know he, he has the ability to do it, but I'm just not sure that He's willing to do it. Wait a minute, if He didn't want to do it, why did He say it? He's already declared, I will. I like what he said. Well, I'm not sure the Lord will heal me. Well, then why did He say, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee? He already said who He is. Are you with me? And so, but, but something, because of the way relationships work in the world, we have a hard time believing that God will really do what He said we will do. But my friend, I tell you, whether you believe it or not, God will always be faithful to His Word. Hallelujah. So think about it. 
So it is a call with the assurance of knowing that he will answer. It is a call that, invite God, that invites God to come into our life. It's a call for his aid and assistance, for his grace and provision, for his forgiveness and mercy, for his love and his comfort, for his strength and compassion, for his saving, healing, delivering power to come into every need and every area of our life. You can invite God in to your whole life. You can just open up and say, hey, come on in, God. Come on, I invite you in. I accept you. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord and invite your salvation, your wholeness, your completeness into every aspect of my life. I shared in first service because I think sometimes we don't always think about what we say. And so I have a pastor friend, dear pastor friend of mine, and, and, he, and he wrote a comment because he's, he's bugged out by germs. Bugged out. But, but he's a word of faith guy. The faith preacher, but he doesn't like germs. And I, and, and I wanted to write back, but I didn't know how to write back without wrecking our friendship. Because he, he, he's bothered by touch screens in restaurants where you order. You go to Applebee's, you go to some place like now, you go to Outback, and, and they have the screens there where you order and do everything on a little pad or, or in a restaurant or some of them, you know, different have iPads or different things there you can order on touch pad. And he's thinking, man, I have to touch this thing, and I don't know who touched it last. I'm going to go eat my food and, you know, do I wash my hand? I put sanitizer on. And I'm thinking, dude, you're a faith preacher. You need a God that's bigger than germs on a screen. I believe God can move a mountain, but that, I, I'm afraid that if I have touched that screen and I get that fork close to my mouth, whatever I can't see might jump in there and make me sick. Are you kidding me? Sometimes we just need to rethink and get a bigger God. Just need a bigger God. And so what happens, when you begin to invite God into your presence, you start thinking, I was teasing my wife the other day, because we're in the, in the bathroom there, and how many have those little, they look like a millipede, but they're like a hard shell worm, and million-legged little thing crawls into your house, and, and it curls up, and then when they die, they like break and stuff. They die, and then they just get hard and break and stuff. Well, there's one in our bathroom. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and Sue, instead of grabbing some toilet paper, picking it up, it's just, oh, there's a worm in there. I go, I go, look how big you are. Look how small it is. I said, just get some paper and flush that puppy down. Well, no, what if he comes out? Well, I'm sure he can't jump, so you'd be safe either way. I mean, but, 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 yeah. Anyway, but we think about, come on, get a God that's bigger than the small fears of your life. Are you with me? Get, get, get. But, but the, the way that comes is you have to spend time in His presence. So God says, I will come into you, but in order for you to be a man or a woman of faith, you have to accept my invitation and invite me into your life in every area. Let me come in to your life. Watch this. See, we all have a friend or a family member who was offered to help us from time to time. And they make the statement, if you need help, just call. And what they're saying is, hey, I'm here for you if you will call. I'll bring my experience, my resources, my skills, my ability. I will give it my time and my ability to help you if you will call. Their offers are expression of love and support for us if we will call. 
That is what God says and what the Word of God says in Romans 10, 13. God says, hey, if you will call, I will come help you. If you will call upon the name of the Lord. I do that from time to time. I'm working by stuff, and I'll be carrying stuff and going in. In fact, we were going into the checking into the room, and I have my backpack on and, and my bag and the stuff of the bag and four of Sue's bags. Because <laughs> we were there for one night. Amen. And so I'm carrying this stuff in, and, and Pastor Francis goes, you need some help. And I'm, I mean, I'm loaded. He goes, you need some help? I said, no, I got it. <laughs> but, but he offered help. But the, so, so God's help is always available. But many times, no, I got it. I'll bear this. I'll carry it. I don't want to bother you. Whatever. But there's a reason. But God's help is always available. Always available. Think about it. You and I have been given a divine invitation from God to call upon His name with the assurance that He will come and bring all that He is and all of the resources of heaven to your aid and assistance with no restrictions upon the request. God, I have to order on this screen. Oh, my survive. Help me, Jesus. Kill the germs. Okay. I think you can eat in peace. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Watch. Look at what Jesus said. We can ask with no restriction. Look at what Jesus said. He said, yes, ask me for what? Ask me for what? In my name and I'll think about it. I'll run it through the board in heaven. I'll check with Michael and Gabriel. I'll run it through the committee. No, he said, ask me for anything and I will do it. Woo, man. Do you understand that? Jesus just gave you a divine invitation to ask him for anything of a need or a necessity in your life, and, and, and even, and, and not to be out of context because it applies to everything, but if you actually read it in context when you're doing the works of Jesus and you're doing ministry, and so many people say, well, I just don't know how. I don't have the ability. He never asked you to do anything for Him out of your ability, out of your strength, out of your resources. That he says, when it comes to doing the work that I ask you to do, ask me to do anything in my name. That's connected to my will, and I will do it. Amen. But so many of us, at times we choose to go it alone. And then I hear this. People say, well, if God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, if He is here and has the knowledge of the need and the resource and ability to help, why doesn't He just do it? What's He waiting for? Why do I have to ask? And then people say, if God is so good, why did He allow all these fires to burn up our state? Why does He allow these storms to go? How come God doesn't stop the storm? How come He doesn't protect the people? Because nobody takes advantage of the invitation. God moves by invitation. Look at the next page of your outline. God will never violate His established order or His word. Hear me this morning. 
God will never violate His established order or His word. He will never come into a life or a situation where He has not been invited. He cannot. Say, Pastor, why can't He come there? Because He has to be righteous and just in all of His dealings. And even though I am His favorite... And my chili is the best. I hope. Anyway. But in that, he can't move in my life just because he likes me. And he can't say no to another person just because he doesn't like them. God doesn't get to like or dislike. He only loves. The same Lord overall. He makes no distinction. Same Lord overall is rich and bountiful to all with blessing for anybody who calls upon His name. David said like this, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me, and He delivered me out of all my fears. The Psalms over, David, I cried unto the Lord. I called upon the name of the Lord. I asked God, and He intervened. Every time God's people called upon His name, read the book of Judges. They go for 40 years or more just rejecting God, not asking God to be in their nation or be in their life. Next thing you know, they're under oppression. Then the next thing they do, they begin to cry out to God. What happens? He raises up a deliverer for His people and delivers them. And then they walk in that deliverance for a season. And then they turn away from calling upon the name of the Lord. They call on other things. They invite other things into their life. But they're no longer inviting God and living in this amazing relationship with God. And the next thing you know, they're in bondage. They're in oppression. They're in slavery. And oh, God, save it. Boom, when they call, He answers. Works in our lives the same way. Amen. But He only comes by invitation or through intercession. That's why your prayer is so powerful. You say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because if you study your Bible more than just listening to nice sermons, you'll find out that God does nothing in the earth unless He does it through a man. You know the devil can't even operate in the earth without getting the permission of a man to use his authority? The Antichrist is going to be a man who allows the devil to come into him and work through him in the earth. you understand that? Man, you are the authority. God establishes things for you to be the authority. So what He does is He gives everybody equal invitation to invite Him into your life. And people look at, well, why is that person being blessed? Why is that person being blessed? Well, maybe they're accepting the invitation and they're inviting God into their life. And maybe they're praying in faith, believing. And instead of praying and believing God to do a miracle and then walking in faith, I mean walking in fear because they're afraid of germs. Does he do miracles or is he too small to whip a germ? I'm just using it, I'm, I'm telling you, because it's a great illustration of how we vacillate between our opinions of God. Believe God for great things. <laughs> Watch this. He does not move independent of our request for his help. He can't move independent and be righteous, and be just. So he made a way that's equal for everybody. 
equal for everybody. Isn't it amazing? In fact, Jesus said that, that, that weren't there many sick in the days of Naaman, the Syrian captain who had leprosy? And that's the only one that God healed. Why? He's the only one that asked. A little girl said, hey, I know a God in Israel. If you'll ask him, he'll heal you. He goes, is that right? He goes over there and gets healed of leprosy. And there were were multitudes of lepers. But how did the guy who wasn't even in covenant get an answer? Because he asked. He accepted the invitation. Are you getting this this morning? Watch this. So think about it. Matthew 6, 32, Jesus said, your father knows that you need all these things. So God knows we need everything. Well, then why doesn't he move on our behalf? Because in Matthew 7, 7, he said, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. You take advantage of the invitation. I like what it says in Luke 11 and verse 13. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much What? How much? How much? Yeah. Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who? So if we ask for the Holy Spirit, God, I need Holy Spirit. Jesus said you would come. Come into my life. Be my Teacher, be my helper, be my comforter, be my God, be my strength, be the anointing upon my life, be my intercessor. Pray through me. Amen? Out of the, no, it's all right, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, God confirms. Amen. That's a baby confirmation. Glory to God. Yeah. So watch this. So what is prayer? What is prayer? A few weeks ago, I taught a lesson on Tuesday night on boldness at the throne room of grace. So if you don't come on Tuesday night, you won't know what that means. (laughs) Boldness at the throne room. How to be bold in approaching God's throne in your prayer time. See, prayers are acceptance of the divine invitation. And it was kind of the seed and the catalyst that got me thinking along the lines for this message. That prayers are acceptance of the divine invitation to call upon His name and receive His saving grace to come to bear upon every area of our lives. When we call upon the name of the Lord in prayer, we're inviting God in. Prayer is inviting God into your life and into your situation. In Luke 11 and verse 1, the disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray. When Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He taught them how to invite God into their life. And we think about, well, it's the Lord's Prayer. And we just recite it go, well, what's up with, you know, it's just the Lord's Prayer. We say it all the time, but we don't really understand that the Lord's Prayer is a divine invitation for God to come into our life. Read through it with me. So He said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father, where? In heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy. You are glorious. You are the God of glory. You are righteous. You are just in all that you do. You glorify. I recognize. I honor your name. And then he says this. Your kingdom what? Your kingdom. 
Let your kingdom come. He began, let your kingdom come. You invite, he invite the kingdom of God to come into your life. On earth, in the earth, in your life, as it is in heaven. What an amazing invitation. Look at what you're saying to God. God, come with the fullness of the glory of your kingdom. Come into the earth. Come into this life. And I always think about it like this. You know what you were formed out of? Dirt. You were made out of the dust of the earth. God formed man out of the earth. When you say, God, your kingdom come. Let it be done in earth. Woo! As it is in heaven. Wow. And then look at the next. Give us day by day our day. Give us what we need day by day. God, be, I invite you, come into my life as my provider. Not just for bread, but for every necessity of my life. And then forgive us. Let, let your forgiveness be upon our life. Inviting His grace and His forgiveness into our life as we flow that out together. And then don't lead us. You're saying, God, I invite you. Take the reins. Lead the way. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord in all your ways. In, in all your ways. And, and, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will what? Direct your path. He said, Lord, do, take my path. Lead the way. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I will follow you. Holy Spirit, lead the way. Lead us. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Every part of that prayer is an invitation for God to come on in. Hallelujah. And it needs to be done daily. Hear me this morning. If you get nothing out of this message, get this. The day you stop asking God for help is the day you start asking for trouble. The day you stop asking God and inviting Him into your life is the day you begin asking for trouble. Paul says it like this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. The King James says, pray without ceasing. The contemporary English Bible says, just pray continually. I put it like this. Just every day. Come on in, God. Come on in. I believe. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're my deliverer. I believe you're my provider. God, come on into my marriage. Come on into my body. Come on into my finances. Come on into my relationship. Come on into my children's life, my family members' life. Come on in, God. Come on in. I give you the lead. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says this. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with, with, with. How can I be thankful when I don't have it yet? Because if you read down, I think to verse 19, it says this. Faithful he who has called you who will also do it. Faithful is he who has called you who will also do it. And Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But the problem is, you have to accept the invitation of God, not just to invite Him in, but for you also to enter into His presence. Because while you're inviting Him in, if you're just staying in the presence of the world and the negative and the doubts and the confusion of your life and your surroundings, then it's 
you, you're always battling in this area. But if you say, wait a minute, I've invited you in. Now I'm accepting your invitation to come in to the throne room of grace, to come in to the very presence of God, to come before you and behold your faith in the beauty of holiness. I'm going to enter in to the presence of God. I have an invitation not to live out here in the muck, in the mire. I don't have to live in this place. I can go in to the place where God dwells by His Spirit. I have an invitation into the presence of God. And when I get in there, all everything falls off because the more I begin to behold Him, the more I begin to worship Him, the more glorious His face becomes. And it's hard for me to believe in a glorious God who loved me and has brought me into His presence that He will not show Himself strong on my behalf. Somebody ought to give God a praise in the house today. thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. You're my healer. You're my restorer. You're my provider. God, I don't know how to do this and I don't have to know how. You you know every need that I have. Father, I thank you. You meet every need. I'm just going to focus on telling somebody else. I just want to be a carrier of your presence. So when I come in contact with somebody else, I smell a little different than the world. I don't want the smoke of the world and the smoke of doubt, the smoke of fear, the smoke of oppression, the smoke of anxiety, the smoke of distress, the smoke of anger and bitterness and I don't want that smoke on me I want the fragrance of God upon my life so when I come in contact with people oh there's something different about you Lord of God let your request be made known to God and look at this and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus stand with me this morning So here it is. There's a divine invitation. It's written in your name just waiting for you to accept and to use. You, my friend, every one of you in this room have the same divine invitation from God. That whoever, whoever, whoever calls upon His name will be I mean, just by saying, well, Pastor, I'm already saved. I don't have to call my name to say I got saved in 1948. God bless you. But how's your marriage? How's your children? How's your health? How's your peace? How's your sleep at night? Some of you need to get saved just to go to bed. Need salvation just in going to sleep. Lord, I invite you in. I'm going to bed. Come on in, Holy Ghost. I need the peace that passes understanding. Amen. You say, what do you think about? I say, little or nothing at all. When I go to bed, I'm not thinking about nothing. Why? Because I'm going to bed. When I wake up, I'll have a thought. I'm not going to bed to think. I'm going to bed to... That's a revelation for somebody right there. Call upon the name of the Lord to see His salvation move into every area of your life. Bow your heads with me this morning. There's some of you here today and there's so many areas that God would move in in your life if you would just invite Him in. Just invite Him in. 
How do you do that? Pastor, how do I invite God into my life? How do I do that? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, We do not preach ourselves, but Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For this God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. I tell you how you do it, my friend. You get out of your mully grub. You get out of your humdrum. You get out of your complaining. You get out of your worry and your fear. And you accept the divine invitation of God. And you say, God, I'm just going to come into your presence. God, you said I could come. Father, I come. I invite you into my life. But God, I don't want you just in my life. I want to enter into your presence. And Lord, you said if I could come in, I could behold the face of my Lord Jesus. I could see him face to face. That I, I, can, I have the invitation of a face to face relationship with you. Jesus, I want to see your face. And you press in. And the presence of God floods the place wherever you are. And God shows up in your life. And then the peace of God begins to flood over you. You're no longer complaining, just worshiping Him. And the glory of God is filling your heart and you're just resting in His presence because you've accepted His invitation. And I'm going to give you that invitation right now. Some of you have carried everything, but maybe you just need to accept an invitation to come and find a place at an altar and invite God into your life and accept His invitation into your presence. If you need